on this week's episode of Third and Forever. Kevin and I recap week six of the NFL season. We go into our segments with Performance of the Week, Nathan Peterman Award, Stock Up, Stock Down, and preview week seven. And end things as always with our two-minute drill. All right, let's go. Welcome to this week's episode of Third and Forever, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Ohm. Kevin, how are we doing? Not too bad. Not too bad yeah. at all. It's uh, I was a little worried there for a minute, um, but th- you know, I was kind of, there was some turbulence on the plane, but it everything leveled out. We landed nice, safely, multiple score lead, and... Uh, and got a meme out of it, which is not something you can always say. So, I feel like this game, like I feel like Chicago, like Packer Bear games always turn out this way. It seems like, especially in the last handful of years, yeah. like it always just follows this kind of pattern. Or, you well, know, there, there's also routine. always like it's very stuck in a rut where even the coverage is the same. We're leading up to the game. We got to see the list of how many quarterbacks the bears have had since the Packers started Favre, And it's a big number. And our number is a little number. And it's like, Jesus guys, like you got to think of a new angle to kind of approach this from because yeah, it was 20 to 23, almost yeah. very, almost a yearly similar to Rogers career against Chicago, which was 20 to four. And now it's 21 to four. So, yeah. And so it's just, I, I don't know it. And it, the bears always, you know, they put up a fight, they have a, a good defense and we'll, you know, kind of dive into it a little bit more, but, uh, it, it felt very similar, which is mm-hmm. a weird thing to say about a game where the other team has a brand new quarterback, but here we are. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't get to watch obviously this game, uh, live, um, I saw all the highlights and looked about, mm-hmm. you know, afterwards, but biggest takeaways that I really have, I mean, Khalil Herbert looks pretty good. Like he was efficient in, he, in he his looks game. Good. He was definitely a bright spot on their offense. Um, field still looks a little, little happy feels, feet in the pocket. He's quick to run mm-hmm. outside of the pocket and try to make something happen. And it just, it's a little quick. He's a little he's, fast. He he's quick to there. get some happy feet. He gets rattled easily. I think he is also having a hard time getting through progressions. And yeah. I haven't sat down and watched, you know, in huge detail to suss out whether that's true or not. But just based on what I saw watching the game live, he had a touchdown to Darnell Mooney. On mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was a cross or more of kind of like a, a slant or something. But, I mean, Mooney was running across the field basically wide open for like mm. three seconds. Like I saw it on the broadcast. I went, Oh my God. Oh my God. And fields didn't get him until, I mean, he hit that throw so late and it still worked because the coverage was completely blown and he got a touchdown out of it. But it was right. like, he just, he wasn't finding guys quickly and he did make some nice throws. I don't think that he was a disaster. He needs no. to, he needs to work on his like, fuck it, throw the ball away deep and just just a little yeah, bit he, farther. <laughs> yeah, he he was picked off once 
and almost twice. two times. No, he was picked off yeah, twice. I mean, let's let's be real here. He got picked <laughs> off two times. That's something else in this game. The officiating. I'm willing to say it was bad both ways. That said, it did take away an interception and it took away a touchdown from my boy Equinemius on an offensive pass interference that I you can't find with a microscope. Well, the first thing is they called it incomplete. They called it incomplete. Then they got together and yeah. said it's complete, but he pushed off. But he didn't. But whatever. Which drives me crazy. Like, just call if it's close. This happened in like the Vikings too. Like this it's happened multiple times reviewed. against the Vikings. Just, just call if it's close. Call it a touchdown. Yeah, it's gonna be reviewed. It, Don't it's make like a when team the ball gets possibly head of a, burn a timeout. Yeah, it's like when the ball gets hit out of a quarterback's hand and they call it incomplete right away and it's like on the border and I'm like, just call it fumble and then you can look at it. Like, yeah, why would you not? So it's. It's infuriating, but yeah, Fields two interceptions. Uh, there was a there was a fumbled snap, but that wasn't really his fault. Um, just overall, you know, not a great day. Less than two hundred yards. He's still he's not there yet. He's not going to come out as a rookie and like the world on fire, like Bears fans thought slash hoped. Um, yeah, yeah. There was there was a thing that I saw um, on Twitter, Trubisky. Through his first five games uh, as being a starter, 709 yards, three touchdowns, two picks for a 79.8 quarterback rating, 30.6 QBR. Um, fields through first five games, 632 yards, two touchdowns, three picks, 67.4 rating, 26.4 QBR. Um, I, I think this is what perfectly sums up what how Bears fans feel about Justin Fields. It's that moment of we need him to be good so bad that we're willing. Like there was that moment where they like, did you see him recover that fumble that he <laughs> fumbled? Like he, he jumped on yeah. that right away. It's like, they're just, it's just they're, they're, any little thing is a victory and all the, the mess ups are, Oh, well, it's because he's a rookie. It's because he doesn't have, you know, relationship with his receivers or people aren't getting open. It's all the stuff. Well, all they're, the they're grasping at straws and yeah. it's because bears fans by and large, they have kind of one nugget to hang on to in their entire existence since 1985. And it's a good defense. It's an amazing defense. And that has kind of like, like they can't get over that and no. they can't accept, and so and they do have a pretty good defense this year which is you know they do have that but they've just been in this like time loop of just we have a good defense we just need a quarterback we have a good defense we just need a quarterback it, and and they need it to happen and spoiler alert for this season it's not going to happen i don't know yeah. i mean maybe they sneak into the playoffs they don't make you know a lot of noise or or go very far this is not the year and i'm not saying herbert or uh Fields, I'm not saying Fields is a uh, bust or anything like that. I think Jury's still out, but he is not a plug-and-play starter that's going to win you, you know, 10 games. No, and I, I think it's it's hard because what people don't forget, they had, you know, a guy by the name of Walter Payton in the backfield and the 85 team. Yes, it was the tail end of his career, but it's like they had, yeah. like the 85 offense at least had some some veteran leadership like this is it's, and, and it's it was a, a historically like and, and top historically three defenses unbelievable of all time defense. yeah and, the, and, and this I is not it, that and you look at you know you have to whenever you talk about a team you have to look at their in like their division the teams that they play the most you know they, they play each opponent twice a year and it's always going to be you know whether that a lot of the time the division winner 
usually does pretty well in the division. And it's not breaking news there. And so I think they're clearly a team with a a, still a good defense, but a transitioning offense and probably a new head coach in the near future. Mm -hmm. And for sure, a new quarterback or a new quarterback. And the Packers, they have a, a long time Hall of Fame bound quarterback that's on his last year or possibly two or however many you're going to call it last few years of his career. So it's, it's a transition thing, but they're like, it's just, you have to just take your, you know, take the salt with it or a massive heaping, heaping of salt with this game and be like, you know, yes, we lost. We had a great starting the game, but it's been what it's been. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, yeah. And I think that, uh, I, I think that Bears fans in their heart of hearts know that it's just, you know, the, the loudest people are the, the most insecure, you know, they just, they need, and there was a lot of shit talking beforehand, which I really couldn't understand where it was coming from. Cause I mean, I, that I'm okay with just cause it is a division game and like even the lions, I think well, they and, try and there was but... shit talking during as you know, Aaron Rodgers told the crowd in Chicago, I, I don't know. Those, you. Those, I've always those... owned you. Yeah, that was, and that made me laugh quite a bit. I, I bet I don't I don't have <laughs> my biggest thing is was it a little a little like unprofessional sure but oh, at the yeah, same time but... it's like he he's earned that against I mean Chicago. It's, it's objectively <laughs> true and I so we're kind of we're sitting around uh me and my girlfriend um you know on Sunday watching these games and that happened and I even missed it in the moment I had to see it on Twitter you know like a minute later and I was like oh yeah he did yell something and I looked at the replay and I told her about it and she's like that's so like childish and I was like no I like it and she was like you wouldn't like it if someone did that to your team and I was like yes that is correct (laughs) yeah but I like it when he does it Um, yeah and I think yeah I don't know it's one of those things that Chicago Kyle Brandt who is a Chicago native Chicago fan he's on good morning football really you know entertaining personality um he had a great moment where he said like Bears fans yes you could be upset about it and you can wish that he didn't say it and be mad that he did but at the same time you can't really be that mad because he does like Aaron Rodgers owns Chicago he owns Soldier Field and he you haven't done anything to stop him and the just know that the end is coming you have the chance to you know to change that you know just it is uh, the, the, yeah, you, it's you have in a chance our, to change your the narrative, but not today. No, not today. Today you lost, and I think that's fair because it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Chicago yeah. is—they're going to be frisky. I, do I think that they're a threat at all to the to the North or to the NFC? Probably not. Uh, do I think the Vikings? Probably not. I don't know. I mean, like, I think that we we show a little bit more of a roller coaster depends on what vikings you play well and so, and, yeah and so i was gonna say the vikings have a, maybe a lower floor higher ceiling um do you want to transition into yeah. a game where we saw both the floor and the ceiling for the minnesota so, vikings so I this mean, is a what game, the hell happened um so this is a game where we go in and we are playing at the time the uh one of the best if not the best defenses early on in the nfl definitely against Um, the run yeah yeah and they have been they've been very good about stopping people on third down they were number one before this week the vikings took that back 
um, after this game, after this week um, against third down and, you know, against the pass, like what I've noticed about Carolina, they're a very, very good tackling team. They, you, it is very rare that they will miss an open field tackle or something. I mean, they, they do a really good job of rallying to the ball. I think they're really well disciplined. Um, this was another case where Sam Darnold is just not good. Uh, his first throw was an interception to Bashad Breland, who struggled for the first few weeks of the season. He's been like pretty good the last few weeks. Um, and I think it's, it's one of those things where we had the opportunity to really put them away. And I, as I've said numerous times on this podcast, Mike Zimmer, for whatever reason, I, I swear, like, this is not, I don't think this is Clint Kubiak's being like, I'm just going to go ultra conservative and all that. I think this is just being like, all right, we have a two score lead time to just not, you know, throw interceptions or, you know, lose mm-hmm. a game by throwing it, throwing it away, even though it's working. Literally, it's it's like how it often, was working. how many times can you approach that situation with this strategy yeah. and it, it blows up in your face. It's like, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Like, yeah. Is it ever, is Zimmer ever going to be like, maybe, maybe we should keep doing that thing that's working. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think it, it's difficult because we get down to the, you know, on the, the, essentially the put away drive, we got the ball with 441 left in the fourth. We're up eight points. Um, We're like, okay, we they we gave up a field goal that's unfortunate but whatever um we drive down we we start off the gate we start off the drive with a 40 yard play to Tyler Conklin we get down to their 35 yard line and then we this is where we turtle we we hand off to try to go to Dalvin off tackle nothing minus one it's like okay then we go to Thielen for three more yards third and eight I'm like okay three minutes left at the 33. Let's try to get something. No, nope, we hand it off for a minus three carry. And now it's fourth and 11. It's at the 36. I believe we're looking at like a 54, 53 yard field goal to go up back up by 11. We decide to punt it. And I, I, I understand think, that you, Greg Joseph is not mm-hmm. Justin Tucker. Oh, no. But what he has shown you is his ability to make long kicks. And I just, mm-hmm. I, yeah. He what you can't say eh, literally when he's done, he's he been missed great one to put 50. this game away at the end of the game. I understand he missed he missed that one, but <laughs> that's literally I think his first 50 plus yard field goal that he missed this season. And either way, it's like we punt it. I'm like, OK, I understand that you, what Sam Darnold has done is not giving you anything to worry about, but he it didn't matter. The Panthers still drove 96 yards and got the two point conversion to tie. <laughs> yeah, and I you ready for my uh my Stephen A Smith hot take? Oh boy, yeah, sure. If the Vikings traded Delvin Cook, they'd be better because they wouldn't be able to like in their minds rely on the run so heavily and they'd have to throw the ball more. I'm just not going to agree on that one, but okay. I I feel <laughs> like it's sneaky. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't be no, better because you'd still have Zimmer and he'd is, still try to do the same thing. The but. problem is we have these games where we don't have Dalvin and then he comes back and then we're like, we want to get him involved. And like Dalvin did not have a bad day. Like he did fine. Like there, I think there were a lot of it was just so telegraphed when we know where they're going to run it. So defense is just 
they don't anticipate a pass ever. And I don't understand why, because Kirk Cousins is playing his best football of his career right now. And and I think we have the chance to to be aggressive. Third and eight's on a decence. If it's like third and 20 or third and 15 or whatever you want to call it, sure, draw, draw up a draw. But third and eight with our Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, why not try that? And KJ Osborne, which I'll get to in a second, um, it allowed them to drive 96 yards and they had fourth and 10 and our, for whatever reason, our defense, our safeties decided not to cover the deep ball and they connected to a tight end for like 40 41 yards. yards. Yeah. And you know, then they were able to drive down the field. They made a third and six, uh, or another fourth and six yards for 25 yards. And this game should not have been this close. And I will say, um, Kirk Cousins with 42 seconds left drove down and gave a legitimate shot at a field goal, 47 yards. And Joseph just kept it right. It was, he just kept leaving him out there. They didn't hook and it was a bad Joseph day and all in all, um, what I will say a positive Kirk Cousins continues, continues in spite of the complacency, in spite of the conservativeness, in spite of the kicker or the defense to put us in winning situations. And we finally won one. He, he opted to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to leave it up to a kick. He had Adam Thielen on the underneath route, uh, second and 13. And he said, nah, I'm going to go for the kill shot right here. And he hit through a beautiful ball to KJ Osborne going across the middle who got into the pylon. And we won in overtime. And I I don't know what else. Like, this has been a great few weeks for people that are actually rational and acknowledge when Kirk is playing really good. <laughs> and Kirk haters are punching the air right now because that's all he's done this year. He's literally week one, Kirk game-winning drive negated by Cook fumble. Week two, game-winning drive negated by a missed field goal, a chip shot. Week five was a Kirk game-winning drive. Um, against the Lions. Uh, week six, uh, it was almost, or it was negated by a missed field goal in this one. And then he did have his overtime game-winning drive. Does, he does continues a game-winning just to, drive against the Lions, really? Is it's that, is against that the crown? any fucking team, Kevin. Okay. It's not the crown. It just, it just happened. Or like, is that gonna, a jewel in the crown, rather? Okay. No, I'm not going to leave it out because it actually was a game-winning drive. It should not have been, but it was. He's been put in these situations where, for whatever reason, we just keep letting teams back in this game late. And I think well, a lot he, of it has to do – put in a situation where you guys scored, what was it, 16 points? Like, I don't know. I think that I think that you're right. I think that he is performing in the clutch. I just – and maybe it's a Steve problem, been a not massive, a Kirk problem. A but massive issue with Kirk Cousins. The overall the showing has not been phenomenal. About Kirk Cousins? About Kirk, just in general, with like the this offense, year, and so I think you can either put that on Kirk or you can put that on Scheme. I'm not sure. I'm not sure then what that says about how you feel about Aaron Rodgers because Kirk is literally better than Aaron in every category this year. Not so record. Far. That's <laughs> it's a team sport. Oh, so now it's a team sport. You want to? No, we're not going to do this again. Um, <laughs> I I had something about the the Vikings that I I kind of a little idea that I birthed in my head. What? One last one. Sorry, one last thing. Okay, and then I want to. Then I want to say my idea about about Kirk Cousins in the last sixteen games. So in normal years, the last 
seasons worth since mm-hmm. the bye last week or by by week last year he is 402 out of 58580 for 4559 yards which is 7.9 yards per attempt which is very good 37 touchdowns five interceptions for a passer rating of 110.3 we're nine and seven in that span and that's despite the defense allowing 420 points which is 26 and a half 26 and a quarter points per game so I I just I know a bad Kirk game is going to come because it, it does every year. Usually we get maybe two of them where they're really bad. But I kind of so like we haven't had them it. in the chamber so far because so far you know, we, we don't play for it. a while. And this is against a, pa- a Panthers pass defense through the first five weeks. They only allowed one hundred and sixty one point six yards per game. Seven touchdowns and four interceptions. They sacked at 16 sacks. Uh Vikings went 373, three touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. I mean, it was it was a great game against a good pass defense. And say what you want about Darnold, but hey, it, we're back to even. That's all I gotta say. I'm I'm happy about it. It is what it is. I don't yeah. know. There's still flaws. This team is gonna kill me. Uh, yeah. I I'm gonna be dead in a month. I think with our gauntlet that we have, and I'm sure this is not the last game that's gonna come down to a final play. But here we are, three gonna, and three into the bye. It's going to ruin the podcast if you die. I really, <laughs> I really don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> do you want to hear my uh, my fun yeah, Vikings idea? So you know how you guys, you know, your your out of division nemesis was the Seahawks. Yep. And the Seahawks always have all these crazy games. I think that you guys had like a Bruce Wayne falling into the Bat Cave moment where you got so hung up on the Seahawks losses that you decided to become the Seahawks. Yeah. And now you guys are just every week it comes down to the end. Something crazy happens at the very end of the game or in overtime. And you just like, you guys are like wearing the skin of the Seahawks. Like, no, no, look, it's us. Yeah. We don't, we are, we are absolutely the new version of the Seahawks where we can never play a normal game. And Grant, Grant, the Seahawks are still that version of the Seahawks, but now yeah, but two. not not as much because now they have like Geno Smith, so it's like assumed that they something weird's probably going to happen. Like it's not like them doing it with Russell Wilson is kind of weird. I don't know. I think Russell's weirder than Geno, but <laughs> I, I just guess as a guy. Oh well, oh, as a guy, I'm talking about like his play though is oh. very yeah very yeah. Normal. I guess Geno's maybe a little bit more volatile. Yeah, so like they're not usually going to be in situations where you expect them to do well. Whereas like some sometimes with Russell, they'll just have like weird, terrible offensive games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. We it's getting national attention now, where like people are like talking about how we just keep being in these weird games. And I think it makes it it's so hard for people doing like power rankings because they have no idea where to put us. Well, cuz you like guys you guys could be 6 and 0 or you could be 1 and 5 and you're yeah, like, we're we're literally we're literally you can make an argument that we have we could we should wit we should have won every game or we should have lost every game. Like it's <laughs> it's that's so weird and it but it's so intriguing for so many people who are like this team could be really good, but they could also be really bad. Either way, I think we're destined for like a seven or a six seed, and we're just gonna make whoever's that two or three seed have the worst wild card weekend. Like it's gonna be a game down in the final seconds, and it's just gonna be like this game should not have been this close, but here we are. And it's just it's terrible for fans. I mean, if if all goes according to plan, we might have a lot to talk about with yeah. a potential matchup. Yeah, and like I, I think this is this is it's gonna kill every Vikings fan. 
Yeah. And I think it's by the end of it, you know, I'm going to be so numb. I think maybe, I don't know. It's if the season is the asteroid hitting the earth for Vikings fans. It's going to be a whole new, a whole fresh start for Vikings fans. You're going to lose every single one of them. Yeah. All right. Let's transition to some segments here. Let's start with performance of the week. Uh, Kevin, why don't you go first this week? There's a there's a handful of candidates, so yeah, I, we might so, have the same, but we'll we'll see. What we got well. I don't think we have the same. This is this is one of the niche ones that I uh, go with, where I only have one thing written down because I'm almost positive you don't have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my performance of the week uh, goes to Mr. Micah Hyde, who has a soft spot in my heart for getting. <laughs> An absolute freight train run on him by Derrick Henry and making yes. a tackle-ish by himself in the open field. I mean, really, he just kind of like, like he I said, caused Derrick Henry to go down. That's yeah, he he thing. jumped like, in front of a train, there. but the train yeah. did stop. You know, yeah. at at the expense of his body. So that was my performance, and it's kind of a sneaky, you know, Derrick Henry performance of the week, given that. The dude had three touchdowns and a billion yards and just yeah. went off on a Monday night football. So both of those guys. Good job. Um, all right. Well, that's actually fitting. Uh, we keep in mind, we don't go over these together. We have no idea. Like, <laughs> so it's we have sometimes backups in place, but mine very relatable to this. Uh, my performance week goes to Mr. Derek Henry, a.k.a. King Henry. Um, this is one of those games that we see multiple times from him each year, it seems like, mm-hmm. where he just shows everyone like, yeah, I'm really good at football and I don't listen to normal NFL running back rules about regression. Like, it's he weird, single-handedly like, kind of like, won this season game. form. Yeah, yeah, usually Derrick Henry, you know, towards the end of the season, people are getting tired. You're making more business decisions. I mean, this is week six and he looks like he's you know, end of season playoff run Derrick Henry right now. And it's, it's freaking scary. Cause where does he end up? If this is where he is now? Yeah. He, he went off. This is his stat lines so far this year. Um, in the last, in the last five weeks, just to, just to show, cause his first week wasn't super great. Um, that was like that weird mm-hmm. week against the Steelers. I don't know. The, or not the Steelers. No, his sorry, first was um, the Cardinals. And that yeah, whole first game, game against the Cardinals, just... which was which is a weird one. I'm thinking of the Bills. Yeah. Um, it was a weird one because he only had you know 17 carries, 58 yards, really good by the by the Cardinals. Um, and that was just a weird game for the Titans' offense as a whole. Um, then he went 182, 113, 157, 130, 143, and obviously 10 touchdowns in those, that five game uh, span. I, I think he's on pace for like 2,600 yards from scrimmage this year or something just yeah. oh, bananas. I, oh, I can tell you, he's oh, yeah. projected over, he's projected currently 2,088 rushing yards mm-hmm. uh, and 27 touchdowns and then another 368, <laughs> another 368 uh, in the, through the air. So yeah, over, over 2,400 yards total, which is just bananas. Um, yeah, he's it's it's freakish. I mean, he great game by him. And, and this Titans team absolutely needs every yard of that. They yeah. they are not you know firing all cylinders the same way that they they were last year. Tannehill hasn't been as sharp, and Derrick Henry just puts literally the entire team on his back. And I, that, that's fine. I I got it, guys. Yeah, their their offensive line is a little decimated, so Tannehill is kind of. Doesn't have a ton of time, but then AJ Brown came on in the second half. He had seven catches, ninety-one yards, all in the second half, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of rounding back into what he usually looks like. But yeah, no, unbelievable Derrick Henry performance. So that's mine. Yeah. Um. All right. Go to Nathan Peterman Award. 
Uh, I do we have? The, I wonder if we have the same one here. Because... We definitely don't again. I'm gonna stop here. Okay, there. you're Nishi again. <laughs> All right, let's see what you got. Uh, so my Nathan Peterman Award is uh, it's kind of a, the latest entry in a trend of uh, guys that do the Aaron Rodgers belt after something happens with them and Aaron Rodgers. Usually very early in the game. In this case, uh, Robert Quinn on the Bears uh, sacked Rodgers first quarter, did the belt. Um, you shouldn't do that. And I think, you know, we've already talked about how that turned out for him. And there are, there are all these montages making the rounds now on social media about, you know, just guys doing the belt. Someone did it uh, in the NFC Championship game against the Falcons. Guys have done it. Uh, I forget. What's the name of that guy in the Lions that, like, did it and then, like, celebrated and tore his ACL after a sack? Oh, oh. Bullock, um, I think. Is that his oh, name? I thought that was that. Oh, might have been. Might yeah. Have been. I'm thinking so, of someone else. I was thinking uh, of Anza. Yeah. So congratulations to uh, Robert Quinn. I hope it was a fun belt. Uh, but you kind of you, you sunk the whole team there and you shouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I feel like holding the like the, I thought the defense did a pretty good job against against Rodgers in this this offense. It was more of the other side of the ball that. Oh, yeah. For, for we'll sure. I mean, if, if we, yeah, you know, yeah, as we mentioned before. So, yeah. If, yeah. I mean. Clearly, the Bears' defense better than the Bears' offense, but uh, one mm. crucial mistake. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with a quarterback on my Nathan Beerman Award, and I, I feel kind of bad giving it to him, but just because of the last week, um, it goes to Mr. Daniel Jones. Yeah, uh, that's fair. He had a he had a rough a rough go, and it is what it is. And yes, it's against the Rams, but this Rams defense hasn't been a lot of defenses haven't been like as elite as we expect them to this year, yeah. uh, especially the main guys, especially like the Rams, the the Ravens had a great game, but the Rams, they're not as feared, I guess, early on, but Daniel Jones really bad. Um, all I can say about his performance, it's a big old woof. I mean, yeah, it was I mean, three interceptions bad. and Daniel Jones, you, know, you kind of said it. They were they were down early. They were down big in this game, you know, 20 to three at halftime. And Daniel Jones threw the ball 51 times and kind of just this whole game for him. He was just a guy standing, you know, in in the ocean, just punching the waves. And it just did yeah. nothing like <laughs> it was not a good showing. Yeah. So that's my that's my Nathan Peterman Ward. Well, it's good for um, Daniel Jones to get back into the Nathan Peterman because I feel like he's yeah. kind of been dodging it so far this year. Yeah, like, yeah. No, last week like, he got concussed. His running so ability, his running done. ability has kind of kept him, and he hasn't tripped and yeah, he hasn't fallen. gotten eaten by the turf monster yet this year. <laughs> so the so season nice. is still good young. For him. Uh, yeah, so he he's mine, and probably won't be the last appearance for him. I mean the. New York teams, except for Buffalo, sorry, the New Jersey teams, mm-hmm. not looking good. Giants. Oof. Yeah, not great. Um, uh, what's what's your stock up? Stock up. Uh, it's a game that, as we mentioned before, we highlighted last week, and you know we talked about this was a shock. It's going to just the whole Ravens team. I mean, this. Yeah. They look really good, and and Lamar not his best game, especially you know what we've seen the last couple weeks from him. Well, it wasn't but, the week before where he like broke all the records, but yeah, right. But it, and this, that's against a, this was a, a game as we said before that this, this should have been a lot lot closer and the mm-hmm. the Ravens just punched the Chargers in the mouth and their run game was back literally with guys that we haven't heard from in a long time Devonte Freeman getting the end zone Latavius Murray in the end zone mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell in the end zone I mean it's 
the whole team, the defense looks really good. Um, and that's scary for the AFC and, and just the league in general. So. Yeah, and just the whole Ravens offense. I know we kind of talked about it on our uh, our pregame, uh, like live episode last mm-hmm. week, right before you know the noon games kicked off on Sunday. But uh, the Ravens offense, in, in somewhat pass happy now, as opposed yeah. to very much not that way how it used to be, and it's working. And I don't. I feel like I didn't respect the Ravens for the first three weeks because they were you know winning by a point or losing in overtime or barely beating the Lions, but. These last couple of weeks, I'm I'm getting a little scared. Yeah, and they're they made you know Justin Herbert, who so far this year and the Chargers' offense look pretty mediocre hey, and bad yeesh. at times. I mean, no one, <laughs> nothing was working, and so that's that's big for them going mm-hmm. forward. Is it peaking too early? We'll see if they can sustain it. We'll see. Yeah. So that's my stock up. Uh, my stock up is going to be the team that actually uh, played the Ravens last week, the Indianapolis Colts. And so you look at that game last week, and it's easy to think, okay, the Colts kind of pissed that game away uh, two weeks ago, and they lost in overtime to the Ravens. This week, they come out absolutely shellack the Texans, 31-3, to never in doubt, mm-hmm. not even remotely close. And... Now that the Ravens are kind of ascending, that's kind of lifting my thoughts on the Colts, where, yes, the Colts, you know, did let them back into the game, but they were they were in control of that game for, you know, maybe even the majority of it, and then they let it, you know, slip away at the end, and the Colts also, you know, their record this season, I think, with their 2-4, and four, yeah, and that's that's the kind of record you look at, and you go, oh, that's, that's really not good, but they're in a soft division, I think that, you know, the longer that we go in the season, Carson Wentz is going to get more uh, comfortable with the offense. And I think that the Colts will probably end up winning that division long-term. I originally thought it was going to be the Titans, but, and I guess it could be either one, but I think we need to start respecting the Colts a little bit, especially more than your average two and four team. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, uh, they're by far the best two and four team. They were, they were the best one in four team going into this week, and they're <laughs> right up there the in the best shitty record. <laughs> you know, and that's week. It, it's gonna. I feel like this is just leading to a nine and eight, I guess, record, mm-hmm. and maybe a ten and but seven could and just win missing the, the playoffs. South. I I just I don't know. I think the Titans. I like them better. I, I trust Tannehill more than Wentz, um, and I'm big. I, I've been a Wentz fan. Um, I just think that the, the Colts can be really, really bad. Yeah. Um, whereas the Titans, I guess for that division, I put the AFC South is always in a box, like for their division, mm-hmm. they're the most consistent. And that's, I guess what I'm still rooting with right now. I don't know. The Colts are not a bad team though. No, so but I'm looking that's at what makes it weird. The next four games for the Colts are the Niners, the Titans, the Jets, the Jaguars. I mean, there's a scenario where they win all four of those and oh, they're for sitting sure. at six and four. Yep. Um, that's a big turnaround. So, yeah. All right. Um, stock down. Uh, I'm going with who you guys play this week. And that's the Washington football team. Uh, I don't really know what's happening. It's Are you talking home. about like the defense? Just in general. I mean, <laughs> just this everything. Was, this, this was a game. I know that they're without Fitzpatrick, but you can make an argument that Heineke has been you know, just as good or as productive as he has been, you know, that yeah, as their Fitz offense was never like for. this hyper efficient. You know, he was more fun to watch from the outside. He wasn't yeah. like some prodigy out there 
you know, setting records and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, seeing the the Chiefs put up 31 points is not shocking to me. Um, but they had opportunities early that they could not capitalize against a bad Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense has literally been the worst or right around the worst in mm-hmm. the league across the board in rushing, passing, efficiency, whatever, whatever metric you want to look up. They've been bad. And they only scored 13 points. None in the second half. That's yeah. not good. And I think your stock down folds very nicely into my stock down, which is Dan Snyder. And it's kind of just the football team in general yeah. as well, where they had their uh, number retirement uh, with, with all of the associated TikToks and all of that stuff that went on this weekend. It was a very shitty ceremony. There was nothing announced at halftime. It was like one little like kiosk of roped off on the field. It just... It was it was Bad. pretty lame. It was a very clear publicity stunt to draw mm-hmm. attention away from the email scandals and John Gruden and all that stuff. And it was just shitty and it it's the latest in an infinite line of shitty crap that Dan Snyder and the organization has done with this team. And I think that to a certain extent, I think the football team and this is probably gonna age really poorly if the Packers lose this week, but they're less than the sum of their parts in that the organization is just so dysfunctional that no matter, you know, where they should be, they're, they're never going to quite get there because it's just, it's a culture and it's a toxic environment. And I think that's Dan Snyder's fault. And I, I, I've heard a lot of people, you know, Dan Snyder's always been kind of a, a shitty dude and everyone, you know, saying sell the team. It it got louder this week, um, you know, after the pitiful showing and the, the horrible number retirement and all that stuff. It I, I don't think that he's still going to sell it or anything like that, but it's it's a new low and I'm sure that he'll top it next week. Yeah, and as we've seen before, I mean, we, we saw a few years ago or a handful of years ago with the, the Panthers' old owner where he was kind of forced to sell the team. Uh, his name's escaping me, but I know he's a piece of shit, so I don't yeah, feel that bad. I'm not remembering his name. Um, I hope to uh, forget Dan Snyder's name someday. Yeah, and I just think that, like, I should not know the owner of – the only reason I should know the owner of a team other than my own – is essentially because a they're a division rival and just kind of just know the history of them, or b they win the Super Bowl a lot, i.e. Bob Kraft, and so I just know them because well, that's not the only reason you know that. Bobby Kraft. <laughs> but I think it's a lot of it has to do with like there's always been a negative cloud around Dan Snyder, yeah, and it just I just I've it's, never it's, heard it's really really hard though about Dan no, Snyder. Ever. It's just really hard to make an owner. Because, you know, all the stuff with Gruden, as we mentioned, yes, he resigned and he was kind of like, no shit, he's going to resign. Like he kind of has mm-hmm. to and he's as yeah. he should. Um, and just hysterical that the the Raiders won basically in spite of him. Almost, oh, dude, like. the, the replacement coach always wins the first game. It, yeah, it, they never don't. It's it's insane. And and so I think that. An owner having to sell a team, it's just so many more hoops and so many other things like boxes they have to check than just making a coach resign for something and sad because Dan Snyder just probably never going to – I mean because the NFL can't do anything because the owners are Goodell's boss essentially, mm. you know. And so it's just – it's really hard, but it's 
I don't know. It was bad. It was a bad optic. Yeah, was... and uh, as a hopeful future owner, it, it makes me sick that uh, there's there's other owners in this league that are just conducting themselves in such a way. I... Yeah, of course. Can't say that because you're not an owner. You don't own a worthless I'll, piece of paper. I'll own a worthless piece of paper someday. Just not <laughs> right now because you're not selling any. All right, let's preview week seven here. Um, this is like as people are talking about in fantasy football world by Mageddon. Like there are so many uh, like, by apocalypse. Yeah, like so many teams I mean, that have great fantasy football people and like and just in general, like a lot of like volatile or most of the part good teams on by um we have the bills the cowboys the vikings the steelers the charters and then the jags all on by this week so uh don't have a vikings game which is thank you uh, i guess <laughs> after the first six weeks <laughs> you you I deserve need you, a break I, i'm I like need a weekend off yeah i'm like pepper Potts and you're you're tony Stark. like you can rest now and you just lay in there like <laughs> after six weeks and we're in six weeks <laughs> and I, us being at three and three going to buy is just so fitting it's kind of frustrating but at the same time i know there's some games that we probably are a little lucky with um it's still crazy that we're the team that's played the cardinals the best and they're still undefeated i that, that was a shock but they're still undefeated and good for them i guess but yeah um you guys are not on by so you no. have so we Washington have football team the team at win. home yep. and this is one of those games yeah, more so i didn't want even want to throw the trap game label on the Bengals because i was like the Bengals are like actually kind of good they had, a, they had a winning record i think they'll yeah win. they, they yeah, still they do were, yeah, yeah, I mean, they destroyed the Lions this last week. And so the Bengals kind of good. So I didn't even think that was as much of a trap game. It's just like kind of a tough matchup on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is a full-blown trap game right here. Yeah. Especially because, you know, you look at the Washington football team, they're 2-4. and four. After that, we play the Cardinals, the Chiefs, Seahawks, maybe with or without Russell, Vikings, mm-hmm. who are better than their record probably, you'd say, and then the Rams. So we got a, a little mini gauntlet coming up here as well, and I think it would be easy to look past this game yeah. um, or just not come out kind of with the intensity and the fire that you normally would. So this is a full-blown trap game. That said, this is another one of those, kind of like what I talked about with the Lions, if the Packers are for real, if they really do have – you know, championship aspirations this season that are worth any, you know, that hold any water, they win this game and they win it, you know, not in dramatic fashion. Um, The football team has looked like we kind of talked about earlier, pretty messy at both sides of the ball. And this one's at home. And yeah, I I just, I I, I don't have anything else to really say about it. I think if this game were at, Washington, it would be full blown trap game, but I think the fact that it's at Lambeau, mm-hmm. I just I have a hard time like see. Obviously, I want the Packers to lose this game, um, just to make the North closer. Um, but I just I don't know. There's just so many question marks as we've mentioned. Like Washington's weird. Their mm-hmm. defense is underperforming. Their offense can do well, but then they do terrible against a bad defense in the chiefs last week i don't know i have no idea how this game's gonna go uh that being said what do you think the line is for this one uh i'm gonna say packers minus six packers minus eight and a half as we're recording this over under set 49 
Um, so kind of getting up there a little bit. Still in the forties, though. Yeah, um, I think I think that's some disrespect to uh, the football team's offense there. Because, I mean, the Packers defense, we didn't really get into the Packers that much in the recap from last week. Pretty banged mm. up. Don't know if King is going to play this week. Jair's definitely out. Um, you know, Zadarius is still gone. Preston Smith got hurt last week. He's a question mark. Uh, I think Savage got banged up at one point. Kenny Clark was down at one point and came back in. So they, they've got a lot of guys that are kind of dealing with stuff right now. And the yeah. uh, uh, breaking news while we're recording this or right before uh Whitney, Whitney Merciless will not be ready to play um this week but he will be a Green Bay Packer so that's that's pretty neat wow cool, that's cool last name that's that's nice he he he's really good at getting like penalties and, and yeah, you know he's merciless <laughs> that's, that's great <laughs> um, but uh but i mean that's that's a good move and i mean not to not to dwell on that move too much when we're talking about this game but that's a move that tells me that I mean, I can't remember the last time the Packers picked up a quote unquote, you know, a decent name free agent in the middle of the season like this. There's some urgency here. And so, yeah, I'm hoping that that kind of carries through and they're going to stay focused this week and uh, and handle business. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm scared. I don't know when, it, when it's a close matchup and, it, you know, it's a good team. I'm scared of that when it's not. I'm scared of the trap game. So I'm kind of just always scared. <laughs> You you don't know the meaning of being scared for games. Are you kidding me? Well, I can't. I can't really match up with you so far this season. But I think that we both have that kind of abusive relationship with football. Like, like, yeah, I'm, I'm still scared. I just uh, I need to like take walks after the games. I'm just like win or lose. I just it's mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. Um. All right. Other game since the Vikings don't play, I want to highlight this game got a little little better. Just because we have teams that are, you know, one that got back on track against the Washington football team, another one that had an upset. I mean, that no one literally was giving them much of a shot against the Bills, but here they are. It's the Chiefs at the Titans. Um, this is intriguing. I, I think that the Chiefs are definitely like, I don't, their defense is not fixed at all, but their offense look to be more what it we're used to yeah. seeing uh the, especially the, in the second the half chiefs, the chiefs kind of are coming off of a a get right game and even like a get yeah. right half because the first half of this last week wasn't very good for them either mm-hmm. um and the titans are coming off of you know a really nice victory over a good team in the bills that I, said, I worry that it's the it's the too emotional of a victory it's it's the too emotional of victory i think and it's also i just don't think that the titans are even remotely consistent as a team, they are way up, they are way down and they would have to be way, way up to beat the chiefs. And I don't think that that's going to happen. So I don't see them taking this one um, unless the chiefs really fall apart. I do see a big day for Derrick Henry. I mean, what else is fucking new, but beyond that, I, and especially, you know, Julio's nursing a hamstring. Now he may or may not be active for this game. I just, this, I don't think this could be a, a welcome back. AJ Brown game though. He looked yeah, to have fair. a good second half last week. Um, and I don't think he should be having the poops, which is what he was, I guess, dealing with. Man, <laughs> him and Lamar. Week. I mean, <laughs> like he, he apparently was like fast food, like a little, not, not great. Oh no. He had food poisoning at Chipotle. That's what it was. Yeah. And so yeah. it was just like, that's, that's rough for Chipotle, but they've been bad since COVID. 
So. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw that headline and went, Chipotle food poisoning? What? <laughs> no, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, should be should be entertaining game at least. Uh, and then a couple honorable mentions. Uh, the Bears at the Bucks. This is a rematch, obviously, of the infamous Tom Brady Tom thinking they extra what down. It is. They'll be fine. Um, we know how, what that sparked for you last year. I'm ready. Um, I'm ready to bring it back. <laughs> so this is this will be interesting. I don't. I don't. I mean, this is. I don't think it's gonna be a close game. No, me neither. Maybe the Bears. If it was in prime time, maybe the Bears keep it somewhat. Like it was like a Thursday night game or a Monday night game, maybe, but. Not at three o'clock. I don't know. Not at three o'clock. I think that the Bucks are gonna try and keep rolling. Um, Bengals Ravens interesting just because the Bengals, like we said, are better uh, this mm-hmm. year. So we'll see. Yeah, they have a and shot. It, they have a legitimate shot. And special shout out to watching Vikings Twitter be completely calm and rational tomorrow or today when you're listening to this for Thursday night football where the Teddy. Bridgewater led Broncos travel to Cleveland to take on the Case Keenum led Browns. Oh my so God, it's like the battle of the X's. And the best, you know, wrinkle is you got Pat Shermer, ex offensive coordinator, uh, for, who's on the 2017 oh my God. team. With and... that is the is offensive coordinator for, for for Denver, and then of course Kevin Stefanski who was the quarterback coach of that team for the Browns. So and the Broncos is... just signed Adrian Peterson. No, <laughs> this is uh, this is quite a quite a game, and this you're never going to see so many like takes from Vikings Twitter about a game about two AFC opponents. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be, be bananas. Thank God Kirk's having a good year. Otherwise, this could be – it won't matter. There's still going to be people out here. Whoever wins this game, they're going to be like, oh, we should have kept them. I knew it. Just, it's great. Um, all right, that's all I got to highlight. Let's go on our two-minute drill uh, unless you have anything else. Nope. And uh, I have four. I also have four. All right. I will start. Ready, set, go. Uh, how much danger is Najee Harris in? Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and kind of Joe Mixon are all hurt. That division is full of dead running backs. Uh, he's totally fine. He <laughs> is a different breed. I think he is not. He's like a a Derrick Henry light with a little better catching ability. Um, he's okay. like diet Derrick Henry right now. Starting. He he looks he looks good. Mm-hmm. Um. Is Ron Rivera on the hot seat? No, CMC is hurt and your quarterback stinks. You made the wrong move in the draft, and hopefully they he's, can fix he's it. He's not. This next he's year. not with the Panthers anymore. He's with Washington. Oh, oh, um, yeah, because that whole team is just a disaster, and they would definitely fire the coach to, uh, to, to divert blame. Yeah, yeah. Um, is Jamal Adams the best safety in the nation? Best in the nation. No, he uh, he is he is a very undersized linebacker. I mean, that's it's just terrible. I he his coverage skills are so bad. Yeah. Um, what's wrong with the Dolphins? Um, they don't Tua, look good. Tua's not great, and their defense regressed like crazy. I don't really have. Please a, don't trade for Deshaun. For that. Please don't trade for Deshaun Watson. Please don't do it. There's I kind of want it to happen. I just want chaos. I don't care. Oh God! All right. uh, who is the best quarterback in the AFC South? Uh, I have to stick. I'm go. I guess uh, Ryan Tannehill. I, uh, I asked, but to be. Carson Wentz is back. No, he's not. He's not fully back. <laughs> I mean, it was it's against the Texans. Come on now. Fair. Uh, I think it's Tannehill. Um, Bills going for it on fourth down. Good decision or bad? 
I always like going for it on fourth down when it's not my team. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say good. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. You you get it, you win the game. You never know what happens in overtime. Yeah. Uh, and who would win in a fight, Shannon Sharp in his prime or DK Metcalf? Did you uh, see this? They're fighting on Twitter yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, I think I think Shannon Sharp just because I I hold true and like dudes from like back then are just different. Like look at the NBA. Like yeah, I think that's fair. I think they're just a different breed, different mentality. Like Shannon Sharp mm-hmm. was really good, and like I think he could probably take him maybe now. Still, I don't know. I like, don't know, man. huge. I know, but I, how much is that? You know, I don't know. It's all yeah. it's all glory. I feel like DK would show. give up if it's not going his way. I don't know, like he did on that fumble. That's fair. Um, uh, all right, and, and then lastly, oh, I got no, one no, more. No, 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 and I, I, my clock was wrong. Keep going. Are the Browns in trouble? Yeah, because Baker's hurt. Everyone's hurt. They're they're a mash unit. And Dude, Case Keenum man. season. Watch no. what happens if Case Keenum is good. Do you go back to Baker? Uh, yes, because you have to. Okay. Yeah, I guess. And two minutes. All right, we got to sign off quick because I got to get out of this room. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to our episode of Third Forever, presented by 10,000 Takes. You can go to their website at 10ktakesmn.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. If you just search 10K Takes, you can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at third underscore forever 10K, where we post links to our episodes each week, as well as clips, memes, GIFs, whatever you want to call it, content. Uh, you can also find links to me and Kevin's Twitter on there. We're a little more active throughout the week. Uh, so, yeah, please fight with Kevin. He still needs fights. I haven't seen any. No you guys are doing it. a really bad job about it. Uh, as always, I've been your host, Adam Oz, joined by my co-host, Kevin Holm. Kevin, final words. Don't mock the belt. Don't mock the belt.